Before you get, have a seat, go ahead and give somebody a high five best you can. Good old Tampa high five. <laughs> oh, man. I'm telling you, what worship good this morning. I'm just, I'm telling you what, man. Y'all know, y'all know they don't have like worship like this everywhere. I don't know if you know that or not. Uh, we, we love worship, and, and we come from the same, the same house and culture back in Alabama. Uh, we're Alabama folks, and so you might hear that in my accent. I had somebody earlier say, I, man, I, that accent. I said, I, did, I don't think I have an accent, but I do to everybody else, so it's all good. And uh, I love that we get to be here with you guys, and, and i got to give honor where honor is due. He said we've known each other uh, for about a decade, but not just friends, great friends. I, I talked to him just about more than anybody in ministry, a lot of ministry friends, but I talked to him almost every day talk his ear off, ask questions. We carry burdens together, like just a lot of stuff doing life together. And uh, it started when I gave my life to Jesus almost a little over 10 years ago now, June 3rd of 2013. And I got plugged all into the church that we were a part of. And at that point, God delivered me from so many things. I literally smoked my last cigarette and then enrolled into Bible college. That was my story, okay? That's what I did. So that was my story, okay? And uh, God, God did a work in my life, and, and he, he just took me under his wing, honestly. I was just hungry to do whatever the house needed, whatever the church needed. I'll move chairs. I'll, I'll hold a door. I'll hold a baby. I was like, that ain't my forte, but I'll do it if you need me to, you know, like serve coffee. I just, whatever the house needed. And, and he kind of took me alongside, and every week I was getting nice, loving, correction conversations because your boy was green in ministry. I had to learn. And so I'm more grateful uh, for friendship, but also you're a mentor of mine. They are overseers of our church there in Nashville, and so they help guide us through things when I have questions and needs, and they were there on launch Sunday, which was a blessing, amazing to be able to be a part of that, but I just want to honor them, and they deserve it. Can you help me give it up for your pastors today? Aren't they incredible? Aren't they incredible? Yeah, give it up for them. I love that. Come on, man. It's big time. It's big time. That's big time. <laughs> I love it, man. Excited to be here with you in church today. I have my wife here, uh, Megan, on the front row with me, and she is leading worship. And uh, we were talking for about a month. He threw, threw out the invite. I said, let me think about it. Yeah, I'll come suffer for the Lord in Tampa. It's cool. I'll come down there, you know. So here we are. We got to eat out by the water last night. I was like, it ain't like this up in Nashville. It ain't like this. And uh, it was nice. Had a great dinner. And, and last week or two, two ago, he says, he says, would, would Megan want to come lead worship? And I said, let me, let me ask her. I don't know. And she was like, let me think about it. Yes, I'll come lead worship. So we're here together. I brought a, a picture of my family. I'll show you my boys, Makai and Jordan. They're 12 and 10. This man will be 13 in a few months. Y'all about to have a teenager. Y'all pray for us, okay? We need, we need some prayer, living by faith, okay? And uh, love my kids, love my family, what God is doing. And they've sacrificed just as much as we have to move from Houston, Texas in 2020, y'all. We moved in May of 2020 to plant our church. Woo, it was awesome. I'm telling you. Everybody's closing church doors and business doors, and we're like, let's go open the church. It's going to be amazing. And uh, we did everything that we could. We had to get creative. We had to push our launch Sunday back nine months. It was just a wild journey. Looked nothing like we thought it would. But on behalf of you guys and so many other churches who not only prayed but invested, thank you for your generosity. We have now seen 117 people say yes to Jesus in one of our services. You were a part of that. You were a part of that. 
So thank you for your generosity, your giving, as he said. It's a big deal. But today I want to jump right into the word. Before I do get into the meat of it, you need to know next Sunday is beach baptisms, everybody. Now listen, I don't know if you've ever been baptized. I have, but I might come back down to be baptized at the beach. I'm just saying. We don't do them like that in Nashville, all right? If you've never been water baptized, this is a great next step. If you are recently uh, gave your life to Jesus, that's the next step. Jesus himself was baptized. Get baptized. I'm telling you, you will never forget it. Bring the family out there. Take pictures and then swim in the ocean. It's going to be awesome, okay? Y'all do that. Today, I'm going to dig into the Word. I have a message for you that, honestly, I'm preaching to myself as well. Uh, we're in a season full of faith for our church. Uh, we've been in a portable venue just like you guys. It looks a little different. It's a school that's almost 100 years old. I mean, it is Nashville to the core. We got wooden seats and old school chandeliers and a bunch of awesome production stuff. It just looks like Nashville. And uh, we are actually moving out of that school in the next two months, and we're on the search for a, a building. And we believe that we may have found one that can be permanent, and so we're full of faith. And I'm standing up here preaching this word today in a season of faith of I'm a, it's all or nothing. And I want to tell you today that in your life with Jesus, it's all or nothing. I believe that your expectation will determine your experience. And so however you walked in here today, what, whatever you expected, I believe you can walk out experiencing that. Because God is already here whether you know it or not. Scripture says he inhabits the praises of his people, so it's not like we're waiting on him to show up. He's here. He's just waiting on us to make ourselves aware of the fact that he's here in the first place. And so if you came in today and you're like, I just don't feel him, well, I just want you to open up and begin to praise. Say some amens with me, like preach the word with me, because what will happen, you'll stir your spirit up, and I'm telling you, God will show up. I'm just telling you, he's here, everybody. We, we say we, we need a move of God, but that's implying that he's moving from point A to point B. But God is at point A, and he's at point B. He doesn't have to move anywhere. He's already there. He's waiting for us to show up. Really what we're saying is I want God to manifest his presence. And if you want him to do that, he inhabits the praises. Come on, y'all have heard it before. When the praise go up, the presence comes down. Come on, somebody. God is good all the time and all the time. That's the church people right there. Let's go. I'm ready for church today. We're going to be in Isaiah chapter 43. I'm going to give you a scripture passage. And then we're going to go into an Old Testament story that I'll, I'll preach from today that uh, we'll hopefully be able to drive this home. But Isaiah 43, 19 says this in the English Standard Version. It says, behold, key word we're going to come back to, I am doing a new thing. Come on, y'all know God's doing a new thing, everybody. Come on, how many of you believe he's doing a new thing in your life? He's doing a new thing. He says this, a very key word right next to it, now it springs forth. Right now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. I love that scripture passage. Like, growing up in church, I've been in church my whole life, and I stepped outside of church for about 10 years and ran from God, but I grew up in, the, in a house where parents followed the Lord. We were in church, and we would quote this scripture verse. We'd be like, whoa, he's doing a new thing. Whoa, come on, he's doing a new thing. Blessed and highly favored. And then we walk out of church, and we're like, the world's falling apart. And we go looking and searching for there's got to be more. There's got to be something better. There's got to be something bigger. But I want you to know that in order to see what God is doing, you have to be able to perceive it through a spiritual lens. You have to be able to behold the fact that he's doing a new thing. Now, notice at the end of that scripture verse, it says he's making a way through the wilderness. So I love a new thing, but I hate the wilderness. But if I want to see God do a new thing, I'm going to have to go through a little hardship. Because Jesus said this, right? This is, I'm going to give you all some Bible. This will encourage you. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. On the way out today, y'all get your in this world, you will have trouble bracelets. We got those for you on the way out the door. No, we don't, we don't, we don't leave it there because he said right after that, no, take heart because I've overcome the world. 
So you're going to go through the mess and you're going to go through the struggle. Life's going to be hard and challenging. But he's doing a new thing if you just put one foot in front of the other and you just keep going. Because I want you to know today on the front end, this is my message title, it's already there. Look at your neighbor say, it's already there. It's already there. Everything you need is already there. It's on the other end of this word behold, this word behold. Now, that's a weird word. Uh, like if we met in the lobby and I was like, hey, what's your name? And you're like, hey, my name is John. And I'm like, well, John, what do you do for a living? You're like, behold, I'm a car salesman. I'm going to be like, bro, you're weird. Nobody talks like that. <laughs> but it's an important word to note. The word behold in the King James Version is used 1,298 times. I'd say it's an important word if it's used that many times. And it has a translation from the Greek, which means be sure to see. Be sure to see. Wait a second, but I can't see it. Well, you need to be sure to see. And I think that's what God wants some of us to hear today. You've got to be able to see through a spiritual lens. Behold, be sure to see. It doesn't say to see. It says be sure to see. And I feel like that's the word that I came to bring you today is to tell you to do a little something, which is put on your glasses. Come on, how many of y'all... Wear glasses, contacts, you got some eye problems. Come on, let's get positive in church. Y'all got some eye problems? I got, I got some eye problems. I wear, uh, these are blue light glasses, but they look cool. I wore these on Easter, and everybody's like, you wear glasses? I'm like, yeah, I wear glasses, you know. But I do at nighttime. I've been wearing contacts since I was 12 years old. Eye problems. Now, I grew up playing basketball. I was playing basketball since I was five years old. And when I was 12, you know, I'm in like the fifth, sixth grade, somewhere in that age range, and I can't see. Like, I'm trying to shoot a three, and I'm missing because I can't see the basket, right? And so my parents are like, we got to go, go get your, your eyes looked at. And so I go into the eye doctor, and they're like, they're like it's bad. <laughs> Vision is bad. So we start trying on glasses, and so I get these glasses, super thick glasses. Like, literally, if I didn't have my contacts in, I would not be able to tell who y'all are on the front row. I just see blobs straight up. It's bad. It's rough. Thank God that I got 20-20 vision with these contacts in. Come on, somebody. 20-20 vision. Now, God will do that for you spiritually if you allow him to. He'll take the sight that you don't have, and he'll give you sight that you can only have through him and with him. And so that's what I had to do. I ain't even preaching the message yet, y'all. I'm just trying to give you a little something, okay? I, I had to put these glasses on, and I tried to play the first basketball game. And the first basketball game, I'm sweating. Glasses are falling off my face. I'm like, this ain't going to work. And back then, in the early 90s, there was a dude named Michael Jordan. Come on. Who, Mike, how many of y'all say Michael Jordan's the GOAT? Greatest of all time. If you don't think so, we are going to pray for you at the end of this service. He is the GOAT. All right. Everybody was a Chicago Bulls fan at that time. And they had a guy on the team named Horace Grant. Horace Grant. Now, Horace Grant, was he was a big power forward. Dude was about seven feet tall. And he had these big goggles. And I was like, you know what? If I got to wear glasses, I'm going to be like Horace. My man Horace. Look, get these goggles. The difference was he's seven foot. I was like five foot. So them goggles look super big on me. I looked all kinds of weird. I tried to do that one time. Like, we ain't going to do the goggles no more. So they were like, you got to put these contacts in. you got to try contacts. You don't like the glasses, but you got to see somehow. Here's these contacts. I'm telling you, the first time, it took me about 20 minutes to get one contact in one eye. Took me forever. And I remember just getting so frustrated. Like, I don't want to do this. Well, then you can wear the glasses. But, but I don't want to. I want to. Con- well, you got to learn how to put the contacts in. And I remember having to walk out of the room as a young 12-year-old kid and take a break, breathe it out, walk back in there, try to put the contact back in. And I think we do this in our relationship with God too many times. God is going, I'm trying to get you to put your spiritual context in, your spiritual glasses on, but because it's too challenging to try and follow Jesus, I'm going to just stop and, and just go away for a season. That will never work for you. 
I want you to know that today. If today's your first time back in church, which by the way, if this is your first Sunday here, come back next week. The real preacher will be back. I promise you. Come back next Sunday, okay? Pastor Brian is, is, is a phenomenal pastor and leader, and he's going to help you, which our job, according to Scripture, is to equip the saints for the work of ministry. We're here to help you see and then go help other people see. Because if I'm the only one trying to help people see, we can't go very far. But if I start trying to help people see and you start trying to help people see and we all, man, we can make a major impact, not only in Tampa, but in Nashville, all around the world in Jesus' name. We can do some great things. you got to be able to put some work into this thing. I want you to be sure to see because it's already there. Everything you need is already there. And so you have to be able to perceive it, first of all, to receive it. Y'all yeah. know in church we say, I receive that. Get a good word, you're like, I receive that. But do you? Do you perceive it? Can you see it? Be sure to see. you got to be able to do that if you want to receive what God has for you. Because 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, in my Bible, in your Bible, says we walk by what? By faith. We don't walk by sight. So in order to be able to see, well, put in your, you can put your natural glasses on all you want. But in order to see that it's already there, I just got to one step in front of the other. So faith is taking the first step when you can't see the second step. You're doing it scared, so to speak. I'm all in. I'm, it's all or nothing, and that's a relationship with God. Today, many of you came in with needs, whether it's a financial need, a health need. Your, your marriage is in a mess of a place right now. Your kids, you might have a kid that's far from God. Well, I want to tell you today that everything you need is already there. you got to speak it by faith. you got to walk it by faith. you got to look after it by faith, and you got to be able to perceive it, which means this, become aware or conscious of, come to realize or understand. I think my hope out of this message for the next few minutes is that when you walk out of here, you come to understand, wow, what a good God we serve. Because y'all know he's an Ephesians 3.20 God. He can do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we ask or imagine according to his riches and glory in Christ. Come on, somebody. He can do more. It's already there. Uh, the greatest, one of the greatest pastors in our country and really around the world today. Pastor Jensen Franklin has uh, written many books. I mean, speaks all over the place. He was transformative in my life early on in my relationship with God. And he wrote a book called Acres of Diamonds. And it was modeled after a book that was written in the 1800s by a man named Russell Conway. Great book. If you've never heard of this, you, he even has a message series on it. You should go check it out. But he tells a story, true story, of hundreds of years ago of a man in South Africa who has a farm. Him and his family are living on this farm, and every day he, he goes out there and he works the farm. And, you know, they didn't have all the John Deere tractors. They didn't have all that stuff back then. He's just tilling up the farm, working the farm. And every day he's just working his tail off. He's got all these rocks in the way. They're just in the way. It's hard work. And one day this man who was in town visiting travels by, and he sees him out there working, just sweating, bloodied up, just bruised, just working. He comes out to him. He's like, man, you don't have to work that hard anymore if, if you don't want to. And he's like, tell me more. What do you mean? And he's like, well, if you just go to the country of India, there's a river. And it, all you have to do is reach your hand down in the river and you just pick up diamonds. You just pull that. It's a diamond full of rivers. All you got to do is reach your hand in there, pick them up. And that night, that man went to bed very discontent with his life. And he's got his wife and his kids and he's got this farm, but he's scraping by working his tail off. And he was just discontent. There's got to be more. And so he sets off, he wakes up, he talks to his wife, and he's like, listen, I think we need to do this. Cashes out his savings. They all get on board, and he leaves and heads to India to go find these diamonds. And as he's there, after weeks and months and six months go by, this man has not found one diamond. Not one diamond. And he's in a place where he's lost everything, spent all his money, all his savings. And he's at a place where he's in complete despair, and he's sitting out by this raging river, and he throws himself in the river in despair and takes his own life. Tragic story. His wife, his children are not able to take care of the farm. And so a man comes along and buys the farm. 
And this man is out one day and he's working the same land that this man had. And he keeps running into all these rocks and he's like, these stinking rocks, they're everywhere. And he's throwing them out of the way. And he's just day after day trying to get rid of these rocks. And so one day, the priest in town comes by to introduce himself and welcome him into the new, the new village, the new town. And as he's in his living room, he looks up above his fireplace and he sees this big black rock on the mantle. It's got a little shine to it. And he stops in mid-sentence. He goes, where did you get that? And he goes, well, man, there's thousands of them out in the field out there. They're everywhere. They're annoying. I have to throw them out of the way every day. He goes, you know, you don't realize what you have. He said, that is a diamond in the rough. He said, literally, that is a diamond. You just have to purify it. You have to expose it. You have to do some work on it. They ended up appraising this rock that looked like a black rock with a little shine to it for $25,000. And in the 1800s, if you fast forward today, that rock would be worth millions of dollars. And they were all under his feet. And the premise of the story is the man who left to go search for something out there. It'll be out there one day. It's out there somewhere. It was already there under his feet the entire time. But when we get so caught up looking for what's out there somewhere, God is going, it's already there. And I want you to know spiritually today that in your life, you don't have to go searching for it out there somewhere. It's already there. In 2012, I was diagnosed with stage four cancer. And this was really what prompted me to return back to Jesus. I had been away from church and God for 10 years. Our marriage was a mess early on. Uh, literally, it's uh, by the grace of God, we survived the first two and a half years. And that moment was the turning point where I knew that I got to do something different. I was addicted to drugs and alcohol. My, wife, my life was a mess. And I find myself in this place of, God, I don't know where else to turn. Because, if listen, if you, if you, if you do not find God, God might, may take everything from you so you will run back to him. And that was my story. And I'll, I just don't know where to go. I'm going to go to God. We start going back to church. And I remember I'm doing this research. I get this diagnosis. But I'm not supposed to start the chemotherapy for seven weeks so I didn't know how any of this works. So I've got seven weeks of like, I, I got to learn more. I'm on Google. I'm reading stuff. I'm talking to people. First day I go in to meet with my oncologist to walk through the process of the drugs I'm going to take, the regimen, surgery, everything that's going to come after it. I sit down and he starts talking. I cut him off. I'm like, okay, listen, I know this. I know this. I have a question about this. And I mean, he, I'm just unloading on him. And he's, he, he's like, stop. He stopped. Where, where are you getting all this? Where would you hear all this? And I said, well, I was researching. I was on Google the other day. And he's, a, he's like, stop. He's like, stop. Google is not your oncologist. I'm your oncologist. He said, you are going to all the wrong places. If you just trust me, I'll take care of it. And that's a word for somebody today. Too many of us are going to Google before we ever go to God. And if you go to Google, Google can give you some scary stuff, and you might find some stuff that will help you maybe. I don't know. But what I know is in this word, God has everything that you need. It's already there. It's already there. And I want you to hear that today is that if you can perceive it, I believe you can receive it. I love what he said about faith moving the mountain. Jesus said, if you had faith the size of a little mustard seed, you could say from this mountain, move from here to there, and it'll move. I heard an old preacher say once, he, he said, faith, you got to operate without of your mind faith. Because faith is saying what your mind is not ready for yet. You have to be out of your mind. And I think it's interesting that Jesus didn't notate the size of the mountain in that scripture passage. He notated the size of his faith. You, all you got to have is little faith. Little faith is enough faith for God to use it. I just need some kind of faith. It's already there. And in order to kind of illustrate this story for you, uh, we're going to look in Genesis chapter 24 here in a moment. But 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 14 says, The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God. It says, For they are folly to him. They are foolish to him. And he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. 
Now, this is an interesting scripture passage because in the New Testament, Paul uh, wrote two-thirds of your New Testament. A lot of them were letters to churches. This letter is written to the Corinthian church. And if you go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, he, started, he starts this letter. A lot of times he'd do like a little, like a little like grace and peace in the name of our Lord Jesus. And then he'd gut punch them like right there. Come on, church. And he's speaking to the church when he says the natural person. Because just because you come to church don't mean you're filled with the Spirit of God. Church, y'all know that the scripture says that even the devils know his name is Jesus and they bow. So us coming to church means nothing. Your expectation determines your experience. I want to be able to help you do this today. Psalms 119. It says in the message, open my eyes so I can see what you show me of your miracle wonders. And that's what I want to be able to help you with today. I want to be able to help you see it. Uh, in Mark chapter 9, there's a man who has a young boy and he's demon possessed and Man, they, all the, the disciples are trying, and they can't do it. And he comes up to Jesus, and he, he says, what do you want me to do for you? He says, make my boy right. Get him right. Cast this demon out. And he says, if you can do it. And Jesus responds. He's like, if I can, do you know who you're talking to if I can? And he says, all things are possible for the one who believes. All Y'all know in the Greek, the word for all is all. Like, it, it don't matter what language you speak. Everybody say, all, all. He can do all things. It's all ready there. Genesis chapter 24, we're going to look at a guy named Abraham. Abraham had many sons, and many sons had Father Abraham. Y'all know church folks, remember that song? Abraham, he was known as the father of faith. Now, before we get into this story, for 100 years, Abraham had no kids, and he was begging God for kids, and he's 100 years old, and he finds himself in this place of, like, God had not answered my prayer yet. I don't know how long it's been that God hasn't answered your prayer or met your need or your dream, but it doesn't matter how old you are. This man's 100, and he's crying out to God, and he's in his tent. He's out there traveling, and God says, hey, step outside of your tent. And he steps outside of, the, out of his tent, and God says, hey, look up at the stars. And he says, see all those stars? Your descendants, your children will be more numerous than those stars. God said, it's already there. You just have to believe by faith. You fast forward years and years later, he has a son named Isaac, whom God had blessed him with. And we find ourselves in this story where he sends his servant to get a wife for his son Isaac. And he gives him these instructions, and we're going to pick up where the servant actually meets the woman and then her father. We're going to look at verses 37 through 46 here. He says, my master, talking to the woman's father, my master made me swear an oath and said, you must not get a wife from my son from the daughters of the Canaanites in whose land I live. But go to my father's family into my own clan and get a wife for my son. Now time out right there. Again, he's, he, it's easy to go out to the land of the Canaanites. It's all out there. You can go that way, but you want to go to God. Only go to God, everybody. He says, go to my, my family. And then he says, what if the woman won't come back with me? And he replied, Abraham, the Lord before whom I have walked faithfully will send his angel with you. This is a word right here for somebody. If you get around God's people, sometimes people who walk faithfully can help keep you in the right place. Get around those people, okay? And he'll make your journey a success so that you can get a wife for my son, from my own clan and my father's family. Let's fast forward to verse 42. He says, please grant success to the journey on which I have come. He's talking to God. And then fast forward, he says, if she says, I'll give you some water and your camels, I'm going to know that's from God. Because how many of y'all know he's an and some kind of God, isn't he? It's already there. Verse 45, before I finished praying in my heart, Rebecca came out with her jar on her shoulder. She went down to the spring and drew water. And I said to her, please give me a drink. And she 
also watered the camels. Come on, somebody. I believe when you trust God that it's already there and you walk by faith, God will do more than you ask or imagine, and he'll give you more. He'll give you more. It's already there. The first point that I want to give you today is this. Turn your what if into the Lord will. Turn your what if into the Lord will. We, um, we're getting ready to launch our church, and we didn't have a place to launch. No venues would open for us. COVID rules and laws and everything were crazy. And um, we had gotten no after no after no from every venue we talked to. Schools, conference centers, hotels, everything. And I remember we found this one place, and I finally reached out to the principal. And he basically told me before COVID, there was a church that met there. And now that they're opening their doors back up, they have the first rights to come back. But they had been meeting somewhere else. So he's like, I need to talk to them first. Then I can get back to you. And so this is, about, this is about six, eight weeks out, and I'm like, okay, we're going to. So we start praying, Lord, please don't let them come back. But bless the church in Jesus' name. You know, like, bless them too and us in Jesus' name. And so you fast forward, a week goes by, and two, I'm like, there's nothing. And so finally, we're 32 days out from our launch Sunday, and I just, I called the principal up. I said, hey, do you care if we come up and take some pictures, shoot some videos? We just want to, in case. In case it's ours, we're going to shoot. He's like, yeah, he's like, yeah, you can absolutely do that. But no, this means nothing. I'm like, got it. It means nothing. I got it. Okay. So we come up there. I put on my Sunday best. I put on my button up. And me and Megan are standing on the front steps. And I'm like, hey, everybody, welcome to Trove Heights. We're going to launch right here, West End Middle School, August 22nd, 2021. Come join us. And I'm walking away, and I'm like, Lord, this better work right now. This better work. I go into the, into the auditorium. I stand on the stage, put on a different outfit because two videos, you got to have a different outfit. So I'm like, y'all come join Join us in this amazing, and then we walked out. I'm like, the Lord will, the Lord will, the Lord will, the Lord will. But what if? No, 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 I'm not gonna listen to that. The Lord will, the Lord will. The next day, I got a call from the principal, and he said, Hey, guess what? The church is not gonna come back, it's all yours. You can have it because what you need is already there. But I want to tell you, I had no plan B. There was no plan B. I was like, Either we're doing this, or we're gonna have parking lot church. This is all we got. So, my only option, I'm all in on this thing. We're in the same season for our church where we found this building. And I'm not looking at nothing else. I've gotten a lot of no's. And I, I, I'm kind of like all or nothing. God, is that foolish? Well, the Bible says that God will use the things the world considers foolish to shame the wise. Okay? And so I'm all in. And that's what faith is. It is saying it's already there and I'm not looking to the right or left. I'm going to keep forward. you got, you got to turn your faith into the Lord. Will Isaiah 43, 18, again, in the, uh, in the NIV it says it like this. Remember not the former things. You know, the former things are yesterday. Former things are an hour ago. I know you rolled in fighting with your kids, but God is in this house today. Remember not the former things. He's doing a new thing. He's doing a new thing. You just got to keep running and keep going after Jesus. And this is the line I wrote down in my notes, little preacher line. You got to be through with what you knew in order to be new. Come on, somebody. You got to be through with what you knew in order to be new. You're never going to find the things of God in the things of this world. You want to find the things of God, the new thing that God has for you? you got to get plugged. Look, don't, don't just come to church here. Make this your home. Build your house. Give to this thing. Invest in it. Serve in here because I believe God will bless you. Press down, shaken together, running over in your lap, as Scripture says. When you make this your house, the Lord will. The Lord will. I've got to be able to say that the Lord will. Number two, point two for you today is quit looking to your need and look to your God. We all do this at times. And uh, confession time. Bad for the reputation, good for the soul. I do this probably more than you do. I told Pastor Brian earlier, I said, you know, I have to preach this to myself today because of all the stuff in front of me that doesn't look like it's working out in my favor. 
I have to constantly press forward and look to God and not to my need. And like I get caught up looking at people like this person. That person is not your supplier. God is your supplier. Jehovah Jireh, my provider, my supplier. I'm telling you, he's got everything you need. In Genesis 24, you fast forward in the story. He ends up asking, whose daughter are you? She says, and he turns around and gives an on-site, on-time praise. Praise be to God. I found her. Right after he praises, he looks to her and he says, he's like, will you come with me? Is it, is it, will you, is it cool? Are you, are you okay? Because this is what we do. We pray. We get in these moments of faith in a Sunday service. Whoa, God's going to do it. It's already there. Then we walk out and we make the call. We're like, is it possible? We need to quit asking the thing we're praying for if God can do it and tell the thing we're praying for that God already did it. It's already there. It's already there. And that's exactly what he does in this story. I love the way Laban, her father, answers in verse 50. He said, this is from the Lord. We can say nothing to you one way or another. Because whatever God said, it is going to go. It already has gone forth. Because in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, it says in John 1, 1. Meaning if God said it, it's already done, and even the enemies have to scatter at that thing. That's the God we serve. It's already there, everybody. And you got to understand that today. you got to look to God and not your need. And that leads me to point three today is enjoy the journey. Enjoy the journey. This is the hard part. You probably heard that quote, it's not about the destination, it's about the journey. I hate that quote. Because how many of you know, you're like, I just want to lose 40 pounds. I don't want to do the stuff it takes to lose the 40 pounds. I got to put some work in. But if you enjoy the journey with Jesus, here's the problem. Every mountain that comes up in front of you, like he said, it's just another opportunity to watch God do something great in your life. What you see as an obstacle, God sees as an opportunity. What you see as it's out there somewhere, God says, no, it's already there. You just got to press forward in faith. Enjoy the journey. Sometimes along the journey, life will throw curveballs at you. It'll be wild. Now, this past Christmas, my family's in Houston, Texas, and we were traveling out there, and it's a 15-hour grueling drive. I have to pray a lot on the drive. Kids are wild. Two dogs. It's crazy. And we get there, and on Christmas Eve, we're sitting there like, we're hungry. I got a problem. It's hungry. And God, like, God said, it's already there at the International House of Pancakes. And I was like, ooh, okay, I feel that. On Christmas Eve, yes, we did that. Don't judge me, okay? <laughs> International House of Pancakes. I hop. We're there on Christmas Eve, and there's actually a bunch of people up, th- up in there, and I feel like this is... Like, what are we doing in IHOP on Christmas Eve? We're just enjoying the, enjoy the journey. And we're sitting in there taking a bite of my cheesecake bite-filled pancakes. Ooh, little anointing, sprinkle the crack. It's wild. It's crazy. I'm telling you, it's amazing, okay? It's amazing. And I remember I'm sitting there eating the pancakes, and this dude busts up in the door. He walks up in there. He's like, yo. He walks up to the counter. He's like, hey. He said, you ain't going to talk to me like that. She, you ain't going to talk to me. And he, this woman and this man start beefing. They are going back and forth. I'm like, oh, Lord, we're about to have a brawl up in here. Manager comes out. He's like, sir, you're going to have to leave. They're raising their voices. We're all looking at each other. I'm like, kids, don't look. Eat your food. Just look down. Eat your food. Just don't look. And this dude goes out to leave. And so they're still yelling. About two or three minutes in, I'm sitting there looking at my dad across the table. we got a party of 11 of us. And I'm like, I'm looking at him like this, like dad's talking in code all around the restaurant. Yep, you? I don't know you. I see you. Let's do it. Dad's mount up. That's how we were feeling, okay? And so the dude walks out. So finally I got mad. I I took the last bite, one more bite of the pancakes before I throw down. You know what I'm saying? I took the bite. I tossed my napkin down. I get up. As soon as I take a step, this dude comes running back in, another dude. And he's like, he's got a gun. We're like, oh. So everybody goes, take off, run in the bathroom. We're huddled in the bathroom in the back of the internet. 
International House of Pancakes on Christmas Eve. It's wild. God, you're worthy. I was not saying none of that in the moment, okay? We're in the bathroom, and every I'm like peeking out the door because I don't know. Dad, y'all know what I'm talking about. I'm peeking out the door. I'm going to make a move up in here. By the way, do not take safety tips from me. I'm just saying that, okay? <laughs> Disclaimer, right? And so I'm looking at Megan's like, get in here. I'm like, we're cornered in here. Your boy's getting out. So I literally have to do one of these. I grab my brother-in-law, John. I'm like, come with me, John. And I have to put on my spiritual glasses. And there's a side door. And I mean, my heart is pounding. And I'm, I look out, nobody. I'm like, let's slip out here. John, come walking. We're, we're walking up. I'm not lying, y'all. This is a real story. We're walking up the side of the building. And I'm like, in Jesus' name, right now, God, I pray you protect us. In Jesus' name, I don't know what's going on. I trust you, God. Come on, it's already there. And I'm walking. I look around the corner of the building. They're up here yelling. And I'm like, they ain't looking at us, John. Just keep walking. We get in the car. And if you just walk like this, everything will be okay. This will diffuse any situation. I'm just saying. Look, all you already doing it. That's all I did. I smiled. You're laughing, okay? So I get in the car. Oh, thank you, Jesus. We're in the car. Praise you, Lord. And we drive by. Like, we pull up to the side door. As soon as we pull up, I'm like, y'all get in. Let's go. Everybody get in the car right now. Everybody starts piling in cars in the wrong car. I don't care. Just get in the car. We get in the car to pull out of the, out of the restaurant parking lot. And my dad is like, hold up, hold up. I got to go back in and pay for the food. I'm like, Dad. You're too much of a Christian. You do not need to go in there and pay for the He said, no, really, right now. He goes in, and the manager's like, after what just happened, I think it's okay. I'm like, that's right. The meal's provided in Jesus' name. It's already there. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I know that's a wild story, but we got home. Everybody's freaking out. Some of the people, the kids, they're, it's wild. And I'm just laughing like, can y'all believe that just happened? Sitting around the dinner table at my parents' house. And I get on Instagram, and I'm like, oh, there's my wife. Let's see what she has to say. And Megan is back there, and she's in the bathroom on her phone. She's like, right now, we're in the international house of pancakes. It's a hostage situation. Y'all pray for us right now. I got pastor friends hit me like, bro, did you make it out alive? I'm like, they popped off too, but we got up out of there in Jesus' name. It was wild. And I look back today, and as I think about a crazy story like that, I'm like, God provided everything we need in the moment. We just trust, we obey, and in Enjoy the journey. You know you've survived 100% of your worst days. He got you through the last one. He'll get you through the next one because he can do it again. It's already there. Woo, why is he yelling? I'm fired up because God has been so good in my life. He's done more than I can ask, think, or imagine. And I believe it's on the other end of what do you perceive. Matthew 6.33 says to seek first what? His kingdom. You seek his kingdom, everything else will take care of you. So that means you do everything you can do, and God will do everything you can't do. It's already there, which leads me to my final point today that I want to give you, and that is that perspective determines everything. Perspective determines everything. Do you have your spiritual glasses on? There's a story of a prophet named Elisha, 2 Kings chapter 6, and he's with his servant, and they're in a house, and there's enemies all around him, and they don't know what they're going to do, and Elisha, cool, calm, and collected, he's like... We're going to be okay. And the servant looks outside in verse 15, and it says, When he looked up, went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. He says, Oh, no, my Lord, what shall we do? Don't be afraid, Elisha answered. Those who are with us are more than those who were with them. It's already there is what he was telling him. Verse 17, Elisha prayed, Open his eyes, Lord. So that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire. Catch this, all around Elisha. That's the part I want you to grab today is the Lord didn't have to bring more. He just had to show him that it was already there. 
That's all he had to show him. But it started with Elisha having his spiritual glasses on. He just knew it. He didn't even have to look outside. He just knew it's already there. And I want you to open his eyes, God. Wait, but you're, you're saying open his eyes, but you don't even see it. But I know it's already there. I just know it. So if you open his eyes and he'll see it, then I'll, I'll just know even more that it's already there. And I love that it says it surrounded Elisha. Because what we want, we see our mountain, and we go, God, take down that mountain. Surround that mountain. But what he did in this scripture passage is God surrounded Elisha. Because we serve a God so good that he'll allow your problem to stay in your way and look at him instead of you. That's how good of a God we serve. And he surrounds Elisha. And all of a sudden he looks outside and he realizes, oh man, it was already there. God didn't have to bring anything. It was already there. You just got to be able to see it. I, I, I'll, I'll wrap up with my story. Um, my parents, for 10 years, I was as far away from God as I could be. We, got a, we brought a couple pictures I, I wanted to show you. This is me now. This is me, God, 12, 13, 14 years ago. And then I have a picture where I'm holding a beer. A lot of pictures where I'm holding a beer back in the day. God's done a work, y'all. And I'm doing all this. And I like, I like hip-hop music. I'm a rapper. I was as far away from God as I could be. I was raised in church, and I left church. My parents are feverishly praying for me day after day after day after day, seeing no movement. The mountain is not moving, but they keep praying in faith. It's already there. And after 10 long years, I finally said yes to Jesus. And it came through the worst moment of my life, diagnosed with cancer, about to lose my marriage. God, what are you doing? And God shows up. And my parents, for 10 years, they just kept praying. And they kept praying. And I don't see it, but I'm trusting that it's already there. They kept praying and praying and praying. And I go through ministry school. And then I end up on staff at a great church in Houston, Texas, where my parents happened to live. We didn't ask for that. We didn't seek it. We didn't pray for it. God did it. It was already there. I brought a map I want to show you. This is how I'll drive at home today. This is amazing. So this is my parents' address, and I cut it off so y'all don't know where they live, okay? This is their address down here. This is on the west side of Houston, Texas. This school right here, Morton Ranch High School, 17-minute drive after we get on staff at this church in Houston, Texas. Ten years worth of heartache and pain and prayers. God answers their prayer by not only saving me, but years later, he brought our family out there with them. We launched the first campus of this church in that school right there, 17 minutes away, because what it looks like a problem for 10 years of heartache and pain for you. God will take it and turn into a 17-minute drive that is blessing you and rewarding you and feeding you because we serve the God of more, and it's already there. It's already there. But they couldn't see none of this for 10 years. And I just want to tell somebody today to don't lose your glasses Today's a tough one. Put those glasses back on and go. It's already there. It's already there. God, I trust you. God, you can do more. You can do greater. But even if I'm still going to serve the Lord my God, it's already there. And some of you walked in the room today and you're in a place where maybe it's a dropped dream that you've never seen come to pass. Maybe you have a child that's been far from God like I was with my parents. Maybe you don't have a financial issue. You don't know how it's going to work. How's it going to happen? But it's already there. You don't have to go searching for it anywhere. You have a book filled with secrets from heaven, and it's already there in the Word. Learn God's Word. Declare God's Word. Stay in church. Get planted in the house of the Lord because those who are planted flourish. 
And you will be reminded as you dig in with God's people that everything you need and want God to do is already under the feet that you are standing on this ground with. Every step you walk, God told Joshua, as you walk, I'm going to give you every place you step your foot on. You just got to keep moving and trust that it's already there. Every head bowed, every eye closed with me today. I, <laughs> I get fired up on this word because you saw where I was. God did a mighty work in my life. And he can do a mighty work in yours, regardless of your situation. I don't want to discount where you're at, but I serve the God that is bigger than the problem that you have. And today, God, I just ask that you just bless these people, God, here at Palm City Church. God, whatever they need, you are I am that I am. And so as we lean into you, God, some people need life and rest and energy and joy. God, I pray you give it to them abundant, refill and overflow out of them in Jesus' name. Help them see and feel and know that it's already there. If you came in this room today or you're watching online and you don't even know anything about the things of God, I, I can't trust anything's out there. I want to tell you today that the first step is to give your life to Jesus. Maybe at some point you said yes to Jesus and you wandered away from your relationship. Today, just come back home. It's that simple. Just come home. God is waiting for you with open arms, so ready, so excited. And you don't have to do anything crazy. You don't have to raise your hand or come to the front. I just want you to say a prayer with me, something like this. But what matters is you mean it in your heart. Say a prayer with me like this. In the room, online, say, Jesus, today I give you my life. I believe in my heart. And I confess with my mouth, you are my Savior. You are my Lord. I'm going to live for you for the rest of my days. I proclaim it's already there. In Jesus' mighty and powerful name. And everybody said amen. Come on, can we celebrate anybody that said yes to Jesus today? Come on.